Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Anthony Charlton, CEO of Utopian Game Labs, who are making a game called Time Raiders, which is a play-to-earn NFT video game. Hi Anthony, it's great to have you on. Hi James. So I think we're just starting off with what is the concept of play-to-earn in video games? Is it is something which is just turning up as a kind of new thing? Can you sort of explain what it involves and what it means? Right, well, Time Raiders is the greatest NFT treasure hunt through time. And that's how the game came about, because the time travel mechanic has something for everyone. If you like prehistoric, there's something for you. If you like futuristic sci-fi, there's something for you. If you like Victorian steampunk, World War II, or Greek, Roman, or Egyptian mythology, there's something for you too. You can travel through these different time periods, collecting assets like weapons, tools, vehicles, clothes, etc., which are all NFTs. Now, these NFTs have real utility within the game. Some of them will be rare, for example, a submarine, limited to only a few hundred examples, but which can access levels not available to other players. When the players finish with it, they can then sell it on the open market so that someone else can have a go. Um, Other utility NFTs will gain reputational value. The more they're used successfully in the game, such as a weapon with a high number of kills, the better the reputation and therefore the value of the asset. And another mechanism for the utility of NFTs is in staking. For example, you might find a blueprint and then stake your tokens against the blueprint to manufacture, say, a box of hand grenades, and then you can use them in the game or sell them to other players. We like to think that making money should be fun. And if we can, we'd like to see players make some money while playing our game. The game will be under constant development and later on we we plan to include multiplayer and perhaps even more exciting a facility for players themselves to design levels containing their own NFTs, which other people can play. Um, and the levels of themselves, of course, will be NFTs. Actually, I think what I'm seeing, which is quite interesting, is we're seeing a sort of shift towards playing these sorts of new types of video game. What do you think is the catalyst behind this trend we're beginning to see? Um, well, technology, um, of course, plays a massive part in this. Um, over the last few years, there's been a massive proliferation of uh, pay-to-play games. So the more you want to progress in a game, the more you have to pay. So you have to keep buying little items uh, using microtransactions. And what's what's happened now is with the blockchain and, and the ability to, to mint NFTs or assets in the game, we're able to turn that whole microtransaction idea on its head. So rather than it being a one-way traffic between the publisher of a game selling little items to gamers. Now, gamers can create their own assets um, and then sell them to other players or even take them out and sell them on on, um, on, on, on external marketplaces. So technology clearly is a, is a major element in this, the technology that's allowed this to happen. Um, but I think the culture of the, of, the, of the pay-to-play microtransaction model of the past few years has had quite a bit of pushback from players. They've become a little bit resentful of having to spend so much money just to upgrade or to be able to play another level. Um, and so that's also played into this because the, the economics of a, of a play-to-earn game very similar to the economics of a pay-to-play game. They've just been turned around the other way. Um, and in actual fact, um, we keep talking about play-to-earn as uh, making it sound like a job. Um, you know, making money should be fun if, you, if it can be. And we rather like to think of the games as uh, play and earn. So rather than um, playing in to earn because it's your living and you have to do it like a job, you're playing and earning. And so what we're trying to do for, with our game is make it so that it's the game first. The game is fun. People want to play the game. 
and they're getting rewarded at the same time for their participation um, and their loyalty. Well, that's, that's really interesting. It's interesting that the major shifts going on. I think one thing which has always interested me as a regulatory lawyer is when you look at the kind of trend at the moment, we are seeing a global regulatory shift towards a greater regulation of crypto assets. And a lot of the concepts and ideas behind these new regulations have their kind of genesis in more traditional security frameworks. This is, of course, kind of somewhat different to, to the video game industry. How do you see the kind of move towards maybe applying more security regimes and video games in the same kind of breath? How do you see that kind of interacting, um, given that video games haven't really been created in, in, in the world of securities as a framework? <coughs> yeah, um, well, I think there is something wrong with the law if video game companies fall within the scope of financial products. Um, as there's such a vast difference between what we're doing and the world of traditional securities. Uh, whilst, you know, there is this legal uncertainty, uh, we and our competitors are all taking advice to try and stay on the right side of the law. Uh, but I hope that the, the sooner rather than later, there'll be a lot more clarity on this. Um, there is um, obviously the proposal for EU regulation on the markets in crypto assets, um, which has been proposed. So any entity that, you know, will be uh, working within the European Union will have to abide by it, just like they do, you know, GDPR and other other regulations. And whilst obviously, you know, uh, cryptocurrency is the kind of the wild west of finance, uh, the European Union is really taking a global lead on trying to uh, on trying to create a regulation for the market of crypto assets. So, you know, in our video game, for example, we took a, a bit of advice on whether or not um, the the cryptocurrency we are creating will be uh, viewed as a as a security or simply as a utility token. Um, and according to, well, looking at the regulations there from the European Union, um, a simple utility token probably won't be regulated at all in any way. There's no need. Uh, whereas if it is a security, of course, then it does start to come under more of the financial regulation. Um, and so we've done everything we can to avoid creating anything in our game that would be security, uh, security or sorry, um, yeah, security token. Uh, much more we're focused on the utility aspect. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of problems. Um, you know, wash trading, money laundering, rug pulls, fake NFT collections. There are a lot of issues, um, and they do need to be to be managed. But I think we're going in the right direction. And also, come on, boarding in terms of because I mean, you know, laws. One thing and lawyers can talk about the law. Law to cows come home. But I think a sort of broader point is really is. I think it's very exciting to see the kind of new ideas coming out with crypto assets and video games. And I was wondering, what, what do you think is the future of crypto assets and video games? Do you think they're going to become commonplace? Do you think it's going to be sort of a small number of games will do it? What, you know, because we're board games and always difficult, but what do you think the future might hold? <laughs> Such a good question. Um, there's been quite a lot of resistance um, amongst a lot of gamers um, to blockchain gaming. Well, not blockchain gaming, but the, the NFT um, ownership and aspects of, of games. Um, I think the near future will see far more mainstream acceptance after the resistance that's, that's, that's been there for the last few years. Um, I, I can see uh, more players taking control um, of, the, of their own um, assets within video games. So not only are they, they, they owning the assets, the assets in the games, um, 
which you know, when we talk about NFTs and assets in games, we're talking about every single item that you might collect or pick up, a new suit, a new skin, a new weapon, um, an upgrade. Um, but not only will they be obviously owning these things, which is wonderful kind of democratization of the game space for the gamers themselves, but they'll also be able to start creating their own um, assets in the game. Um, and then taking those, as I said before, into secondary markets, you know, they, they don't have to just trade them within their own game. They could be taken out and traded elsewhere in secondary markets um, or even used across different games and different platforms. So what we could potentially see is, is a very large NFT gaming metaverse. Um, so but I, I think I think mainstream adoption is very much um, on the cards this year. I think a lot more people are going to be um, getting engaged in, in this this type of gaming. And curiosity, in terms of the game that you're putting together at the moment, Time Raiders, can you give us a background as to kind of, you know, what it's about and what gave the idea for Time Raiders and, and whether, you know, how you see it fitting in within these the broader innovations around crypto assets? <laughs> so Time Raiders is an NFT treasure hunt across time. Um, and the way in which we, um, we, we, we conceived of this game was... It, it, not everybody wants to play a World War II game or a medieval-based game or something like that. So if we've created a game where you can move through different places, parts of time and collect items, uh, we can create levels that take place in different places in time. So we, we can start off with a World War II uh, game um, and then you might find yourself suddenly in a prehistoric level fighting dinosaurs or in the far future or in ancient Greece. Um, so we can create many, many different uh, game styles within the same game because that, that uh, appeals to a lot more people. But the idea of going throughout time and collecting items, going on this treasure hunt, um, these items then have utility in other time zones as well. So th that, that was kind of the, the idea behind the game itself. Um, and, and obviously that lends itself very nicely to the whole blockchain NFT idea because um, obviously, if you're going through you're going through time and space collecting items, then they may as well be items that you can own um, and trade. Oh, it's really interesting. And just in terms of you know, we we, we tend to focus on crypto assets a lot in these podcasts. But are there any other innovations you think we're looking at in terms of 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 the current game you're developing, or which you think are ones to watch for the future of the video game industry? Um, there are technological challenges at the moment, um, and one of the main challenges I think right now is is the integration of um, of crypto wallets into games. So, so that little that little issue itself is something which I think we'll overcome very soon. So that's that's a major innovation, really, in a, in a sense. Um, as I mentioned before, I think there'll be more mainstream adoption of blockchain-based games, um, more permanent and thriving communities, I think, will grow around the play and earn and NFT spaces, so larger metaverse games. I think more gamers will start to, to have governance of the games themselves as well, so they'll help to lead the direction of the games that they're playing. Um, and of course, this becomes even more prevalent in, in, in games that are being given back to the community in a run of sort of um, D. AOs, you know, decentralized autonomous organizations. Um, and I think what we're doing now is we're building, you know, it's the early days, we're building the, the blocks of what could become a very, very large, expansive, interactive um, metaverse of games. Um, but, you know, <laughs> some of the things are going to go well, some aren't. We're going to have to wait and see what happens over the next couple of years. But I think there's going to be huge growth. 
Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the, the video game industry itself is growing very, very rapidly, particularly so in the last few years. Um, and the rise of mobile, of course, has meant that it's even easier to carry the games with you anywhere you go. Um, so that those technologies, VR, of course, is another technology which is always going to be uh, the next big thing, uh, <laughs> like nuclear fission, I think, you know, next year. <laughs> and, and just kind of last question, but um, in terms of the sorts of people who, who will play these sorts of games, do you think it's, you know, the, the ones who are interested in kind of NFT play to own games, do you think it's going to be a particular subset of, of the population particularly like it, or do you think it's, going to be fairly uh, attractive across different people? Is there sort of a target market for these games when you create them? Right now, there is a very strong market for this type of um, NFT play and own game in, um, in, 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 in Southeast Asia, for example. Huge markets have built up um, with, with uh, players and guilds playing those games to, to actually make, make a living. There is a barrier to this in, in as much as you need to have a wallet. So that's automatically an age barrier. To, to the players who can play this type of game. Um, but that's not to say that we can't then start to create sandboxed games, you know, play, um, safer environments to, to get younger players at least educated in the ideas of, of you know, owning their in-game assets, even if they can't go out to the marketplaces and trade them. Um, so, yeah, um, the, I think there'll always be the specialist crypto gamers who are going to love it and there'll always be the gamers who don't necessarily want to take part in the nft buying and selling aspect of it um, and so you don't have to connect your wallet to sell it to an external marketplace we're trying to make games where people can just play the game because they're enjoying playing the game um so yeah it it, it won't be fragmented but there will be um you know a, a subset of people i think who who, who don't want to go and play these games and they'll become uh, fewer and fewer I think as, as time goes on. Andrew that's been absolutely fascinating I'm afraid that's all we've got time for if anyone listening I want to reach out to Anthony his email is anthony a-n-t-h-o-n-y at utopian u-t-o-p-i-a-n uh, line game line labs dot com Anthony, thank you for coming on. It's been brilliant. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me, James. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Gonna Cook has a market-leading blockchain, crypto assets, and DeFi team, providing legal advice across the whole of the blockchain ecosystem. Our members have been heavily involved in helping shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets from the start, meaning that we have an intuitive understanding of our clients' needs and can provide focused, pragmatic advice at predictable cost. For more information, please visit our website. Thank you again.